Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg. It's the Football Film Room Podcast. And welcome inside the football film room alongside veteran scout coach and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg. A week away from the NFL draft, the rumor mill is heating up, Chris. And I think the biggest question on everybody's minds is who is going number three? And that is what we're going to talk about here tonight. (laughs) Yeah, well, listen, I think it's – there's a lot of speculation. Only San Francisco knows, and only a couple of people in that organization probably. You know, well, are, let me interrupt are, you. Go ahead. Do, do they know at this point? Yeah, yeah, they, they know do. right now. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, look. Here's the thing. When they moved up to three, there were at least three people they were very comfortable with. Three players that. In a world of unknown, that's an own. That's a guarantee. That is a, and this is experience. You don't move up to three unless you're comfortable with any one of three. So, as I said, if Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence happens to be there, uh, they're just, you know, peachy with that. They're they're mm-hmm. good with that. There's somebody else that they like. Now, it could be two people that they really like. And, it, it, I mean, it, they could they be – still trying to make 100% sure uh, between Justin Fields or Mac Jones. Look, I, I that's a philosophical approach because they are too different. They're not – here's the thing I think people get wrong with this, this whole process. Well, this guy's better than that. It, it's They're different guys. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, Mac Jones is not universally someone that would be in the top five or top ten picks in this draft, any draft mm-hmm. for San Francisco. If Kyle wants a guy that is from the neck up, very cerebral, good decision maker processes very quickly. Uh, that's Mac Jones. Mac Jones can do a lot of what Matt Ryan did for him in Atlanta. Um, if you, if they go with Justin Fields, they're going with a guy that's got more playmaking ability, more ability to make plays outside the pocket, what have you. You know, so they're two different things, two different things altogether. Um, what they're going to do, I, I can't I can't speak for them. I don't know. Um, I'm, you know, so I, I think it's going to be one of them. I, I would say this. Um, I'm not going to be surprised if it's either one. For the reasons that I mentioned, 
I would be surprised if it if was it's Trey, Lance. Trey Lance. Yeah. I mean, you realize that Trey Lance has only started 25 games as a quarterback mm-hmm. in his life, high school. I mean, you know, it, it, I just I think I think it's a bigger reach. As far as I know, I mean, may, maybe maybe they do. I I doubt it. Um, so I I think it's between those two. Um, they know I'm comfortable. I, I think there's, you know, the the reason there there are a lot of smoke signals, and, and yeah. they they are always are. If you remember, remember the whole. I don't know if you remember. People forget this stuff. Remember the whole. The Niners love Mitch Trubisky and this and that and all that. And then the Bears moved up. And mm-hmm. then, ironically, the Niners end up taking Solomon Thomas, who has been a colossal bust thus far. Yep. But remember that. And, and, and that that's the guy they wanted all along, Solomon Thomas. That didn't work out. But mm-hmm. the point is, so there's somebody they probably like all along, uh, you know, People will say, well, why do they keep it car? Why don't they just say, well, I think you, you got to be careful a little bit. You There's no advantage to telling people what you're doing. You don't know what potentially could happen, what type uh-huh. of crazy offer you could get. Um, so you stay vague. And when people say, well, why, why wouldn't they just come out and say it? My answer is, well, why would they come yeah, there's out? No reason What's to do the it. advantage to do it? Um but there's nothing that could happen right. There's nothing that the Jets could do that would mess them up. Like if the Jets decide to take Justin Fields, well, then the 49ers just be like, okay, well, we'll take Zach Wilson. I think they love Zach Wilson. Yeah. I think they'd be equally as happy. In fact, I'm not so surprised they wouldn't be doing cartwheels because I think they probably mm-hmm. like Zach a little bit more. It's my sense in the early stages, but – it's not like people think, well, that they don't know if you think Zach, why would you move there if you don't know? They're not moving up for Zach Wilson. They're not moving up for Trevor Lawrence. They're moving up for one of three guys that they're guaranteed to get. And mm-hmm. we just don't know the identification of that third guy yet. We're going to know it in a week and two days. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. You know, a lot of people, and and we've talked about this in years past, and we talk about it every single week on this show, especially leading up to the draft. If you're hearing something or reading something or some pundit is saying something, it's because somewhere someone wants that information out there. And we don't know if it's coming from agents or team reps or anybody, but the information's coming from somewhere and it's calculated. Mm-hmm. It's not just happenstance that somebody gets some information and is like, I know who this team's taking or this team wants to move up to take this guy. There's a reason why the information's out there, which is why you have to be careful and take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah, I, I because of that. Um, and look, I, I admit that, you know, when involved in running drafts, Scott, we'd always try to figure out some intel. And we talk to people in the league that, you know, that may, you know, be good friends with somebody in another organization that what do you think they'll do? And, and you gather it, you put some ideas together and you kind of figure out, you know, a little version of a you're not concerned so much about matching the player with the team. You're just trying to figure out where the landscape is going to go in front of you before you pick to kind of figure out to plan and chart your moves or give yourself some options. 
But with that, you do have to take a grain of salt. Here's my rule of thumb, and I learned this just over time. It was not like I woke up and figured this out. It was something that over time, I tend to rely upon the fact that I know these people, you know, that, that either involved in making this decision, coaches, their style, their play. And if it makes sense, I pay attention to it. If it doesn't make sense, I don't put a lot of stock to it. In other words, you know, the whole that smells fishy. A lot of times that stuff just smells fishy. It just doesn't. That's not like this guy or that guy. And to be honest with you, I've had more luck with that mm-hmm. than trying to get people to be honest with you. Because the reality is it's just not <laughs> It's just not a time to be trusting people. I mean, if you hear that somebody likes I like it, look, I'm going to tell you, you know, we'll get right into it. So so right after four is what is Atlanta doing? And I, I know that's probably next or one of the next. Sorry, right, you know, it, it, what's Atlanta going to do? They'll stay there and pick or they're certainly selling the quarterback option hard because I think they want to see what might nibble and where that might go because yeah. I they like two or three guys and they wouldn't be opposed to moving down maybe a couple of spots and still getting one of them. So that's the case. Cincinnati. I get a sense, and this, again, is the sense, that even if Panay Sewell's there, that it's probably not the direction they're going to go. They're a little bit gun-shy, I think, at tackle. And I think that's the direction I would go if I were them. Of course. They like Jonah Williams. They they signed Riley Reef. I think they feel like they like the depth at tackle, which is good, that maybe they'll draft somebody a little bit later, I think they're thinking playmaker and I think it's Jamar chase. So I think Mm -hmm. that's, you know, I, I think it would make sense at six for Miami. If you got pitch or Sewell on the board, have Adam. I mean, that Mm -hmm. you could argue those are the two and three in any order, best players on the board. So I think six is kind of, but, but then again, what does Atlanta do at four or what does somebody else do at four? If they move up, well, if somebody else is moving up, they're moving up with the quarterback. Yeah. You of know, course. Um, Atlanta, I don't think they're taking the quarterback. Now I, I, I don't, they're not taking Mac Jones. If that's the guy that, and I, I think Justin Fields is, you know, maybe somebody that they've discussed a little bit more. And I don't think, it's Trey Lance. So I, you know, I, I think it's fun. I think it's interesting. And I, I do think, um, I think Carolina is definitely, uh, seeing the value and the depth that tackle. I think that's a team to look out for as possibly trading down. I don't think they want to move down too far, but Scott, a quarterback or two will fall. If, if it's Justin Fields, Mac Jones and Trey Lance. If it's Mac Jones, it's Trey Lance and Justin Fields. I think somebody's trying to move up. Carolina at eight is in a sweet spot. And so I think, you know, Miami's probably doesn't want to move down because I think they lose value with who they can get. Detroit maybe, but I uh, will see. I think at Carolina's in a sweet spot. How far down would they be willing to move? Somebody yeah. asked me on the previous show earlier, what about, you know, Baltimore? Well, I don't think they want to go down to 27, you know, even if it, if you throw in an Orlando Brown or somebody. I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I think it, it it's easy to talk trades. It's a little bit more difficult to consummate them because they're come with some complexities. How far do you want to move down? Who is 
who do you like at the move down spot? And uh, but I think Carolina, like if they will could move down into the teens a little bit, boy, that would be sweet for them. I mean, they can, you know, Denver would Denver move up a spot, or would Denver feel good on the clock that, you know, is there one quarterback that they like, or do they they this Denver who I think needs to really think quarterback, uh, but maybe they want to give Drew Locke a chance. But what if they got Justin Fields ready there? Do they run the risk of somebody jumping at eight and taking them or they move up one spot? Mm-hmm. Um Philly at 12, Minnesota at 14, New England at 15. Hello, boys. All those are people that, you know, eight down to 15, you got three, maybe four potential spots if you Carolina to move down for somebody wanting to move up for a quarterback. I don't know. We'll see. Or does somebody just wait and Trey Lance or Mac Jones falls all the way to 15 and, and yeah. that's where it goes. Uh, whether you believe the, the rumors or not, um, the latest report from San Francisco is saying that they're not all unanimous on who they're going to take at three. If when that happens, because we know it's not if it's when it always happens inside every organization. Not everyone's going to agree. It's not like, you know, Jacksonville's all sitting there in the room. It's very rare that they're like, we know we have number one. We're going to take Trevor Lawrence, right? When that happens, who ultimately the owner has the final say, but who has the the hierarchy there? Does the general manager veto the coach? Does the coach have more of an influence on who the quarterback that he wants to take is? What's that discussion like? What's that war room like when you have a general manager and a head coach or a quarterback's coach, offensive coordinator, whoever, that might not be on the same page? Depends on the organization you're asking about San Francisco. Kyle yes. Shanahan's Kyle Shanahan's gonna make that call. He's the quarterback guy. Mm-hmm. He's gonna make that decision. John Lynch is going with what Kyle Shanahan wants. Um, you know, and so that's why I don't buy it. You know, mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. you know, I don't think Kyle is going back and forth on who he wants. And yeah. whoever Kyle wants, I think that's already been decided. I think there's a certain level of ambiguity that they like to play there. Um, you know, and there, there, there are any number of things that, you know, could, that's unusual, but could happen. So that's what I think in, in other organizations, we have to kind of take them one by one. It, it depends. I mean, you know, the owner may step in and usually that's not a good situation yeah. because, you know, the owner is, is just going to have to take the side and just trust somebody more than another because he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it depends on the structure. I mean, in new England, it's Bill Belichick, yeah, he does everything, yeah. you know, remember Kyle Shanahan got John Lynch hired when, when a head coach is hired before the GM, that GM uh, works for the head coach, even though no one ever says that that's the case. If it's Chicago, it's Ryan Pace. If it's Cincinnati, in the end, Mike Brown will sign off on it. Uh, and, and the the personnel department, Duke Tobin will, will be, you know, in, in Buffalo, it's friend and bean. But, you know, in, in Denver now, it's going to be it's going to be George uh, uh, Payton. Uh, uh, in, in Tampa, you know, Bruce Arians is going to have a lot of say, you know, so we can go on and on and on. Uh-huh. Each t- each each organization will be a little different. In New Orleans, it's Sean Payton. It's in Seattle, it's Pete Carroll, and in Pittsburgh, it's a little bit more Kevin Colbert. And um, Houston, it's Nick Cesario. Uh, again, New England, it's Belichick. You know, and, and so, Dallas, it's Jerry. Yep. It, it, it's Jerry, but actually, 
you know, believe it or not, Stephen will yes. sway that because okay. Jerry, Jerry is, you know, the whole Dallas likes to throw. Dallas loves. Yeah, they're so good. They love floating. Let's get front page headlines. Let's yeah, float out yeah, there. Yeah. Jerry likes this. <laughs> I mean, Jerry's got a show. Stephen's got a show. They all got radio shows. They all got TV shows. <laughs> And it's like, oh my God! If we're not in the tabloids every other day, we gotta we gotta create something, and that's what that's kind of how it's done. So, yeah, it's it uh, it is a little bit overrated because you pretty much know you're 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 on the same page a little bit more. I mean, like for example, I'll give you one: when we drafted Steve McNair, that is not what Jeff Fisher wanted to do. And it was not what uh, Jerry Rome, the offense coordinator and in in, in, uh, in quarterback coach, wanted. Hmm. But but over time, they came to accept that that was the case. Um, you know, in your final meetings, you may make a a run. I mean, I remember telling Jerry before when he came in to talk quarterbacks. I said, "Well, here's your last chance to sway the room, to sway." And this is apropos on today's news, but sway the jury. Because right now you're, you know, the verdict is going a little bit different, and and he made his case, and but once it's done, you can kind of figure out where that was going to go. And in the end, we made the decisions on the personnel side. the The ultimate decision in that case was Floyd Reese, um, but he was more swayed on from a. We kind of ran the draft yeah. scouts, um, so it, again, it's a little bit different in in Jacksonville. It's it's Urban Meyer, yeah. I mean, it's Urban Meyer. Is he going to listen to Trent Bulky? You betcha. So yeah, it 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 is an interesting dynamic. But there's not a lot of there's disagreements, there's discussions. But as I said on a previous podcast, if you're arguing about it uh, a day or two prior to the draft, and we're not there yet, you can make one last run at it. If you're arguing at it in the draft room, um. You're not doing it right. You, the way you deal with these arguments is you get in the room all together, all the coaches, all the scouts involved in that decision, and you look at the film together, and you figure out what are you seeing I'm not seeing. Let's look at it. None of this I hear, I think, I th let's discuss it. And then we're done. we got to make a decision and set the board. It should not be happening this late. And I think most of the discussions of, they're arguing this and that. They're not in agreement. I think there it could be true, but if it is, they're not doing it right. And I'm not talking today because it's still a little bit of fluidity involved, at least in some cases, but not as much as, as people think. What's Jimmy Garoppolo's future? If, for, if San Francisco takes a quarterback, which we all expect – would they release him? Would they trade him? Um, and this kind of goes hand in hand into my thinking about what New England is going to do with their quarterback position. Yeah. Uh, would Jimmy be a guy that Bill would be interested in reacquiring versus would Bill want to draft a quarterback at 15 or draft a quarterback later on in this draft? Um, you know, I right. know they got Cam for another year and, and I don't think they're sold on Jared Stidham or else Jared Stidham would be the starter. Uh, so does Bill look at the situation in San Francisco and say, I can get a guy that I'm familiar with and maybe a guy that I argued 
allegedly that I should have still had versus the guy that we wound up keeping and then ultimately losing to free agency? Um, or do we draft the quarterback? So well, I think, parts yeah, there. I think San Francisco, here's the little, I don't want to call it the ugly little dirty secret on Jimmy Garoppolo in, in San Francisco. Um, they like him, but, and this is the case for why San Francisco is probably going to take a quarterback at three. And if they take Mac Jones, this is the reason. They don't feel Garoppolo processes and sees the fields as quick as Kyle would like him to. Mm -hmm. Good. They went to the Super Bowl with him. They understand that, that he played well in stretches, but there's always a there's a limitation to to certain decisions that he can make uh, consistently. And that's why that's the case for we're going to take Mac Jones. People say, well, you're going to get the same guy. No, no, no. Mac Jones and Garoppolo are different. Garoppolo is more physically gifted. Mac Jones is a little bit more advanced as a processor, even right now. So that's, that's that's what gives Mac. And that's what gives Mac the edge over Justin Fields. Yes, Lance's, if, 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 uh, if that's what they're looking for, if Kyle wants to do what he does and work. Now, if he wants to embrace, remember, they embraced RG3, and I know it didn't work. I don't think Kyle is opposed to doing more things, um, having the quarterback plan, you know, out of the pocket and those things. I think he can, I think he's, if he feels he wants to do that, well, then that's the reason why he would take Justin Fields. So that's the story. Now, for New England, I think the answer to your question is, I think they're thinking young quarterback in this draft that they like to groom behind Cam. Whether that's 15, whether they have to move up from 15, I mentioned them as one of the teams that could be a player. They don't move up a lot, but for a yeah. quarterback, if they really like one of these guys, perhaps they do it. Don't know. Um if they do not find the quarterback and people say, we got to draft one. No, 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 no. You know, any position you can't say, well, got to draft one, you know, like Cleveland, you know, like they got to draft a defensive tackle. Number. No, no. If one is good enough, then that makes sense. If a guy's not good enough, then it doesn't make sense. I think new England is, um, if they can't find that, I think they will look at Garoppolo option. Now he's making more than, I think Bill thinks he's worth, but I think they would look at the Garoppolo option after the draft. And by the way, I think that Garoppolo moving him is something that anybody that's in the quarterback business might consider. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. And the value and what you can get for him uh, depends on how many people are interested. Well, how many people will be interested? Well, let's see how many people address their quarterback in the draft and how high, I mean, I know Chicago is still trying to figure out how they can acquire a quarterback. Would they be interested in Garoppolo once they realize they a hundred percent can't get Russell Wilson? Cause they still think that maybe, maybe something can happen. You got Deshaun Watson situation out there that people think, well, he's not going back to Houston, Well, we don't know that we, you know, everything's going cold. anywhere. Yeah. So, but that is something people are saying, well, whoa, whoa. so I think some of that is very murky. And I think once some of that clears up, 
I think Garoppolo enters the trade market after the draft for the teams that didn't address it. The teams that did, well, they may be out of the sweepstakes. The teams that didn't may be more in than out. And I think we <clears throat> we know who those teams are. Um, and it's just a matter of what they think of Garoppolo and what they think of, of him relative to who they have on their team. Let's talk uh, your draft board for a second here at the quarterback position. But, but forget about the big five. The five mm -hmm. that we know of, Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Jones, Lance. In that next grouping, who's the top guy in that group? Is it Kellen Mond? Is it Kyle Trask? Is it um, uh, who, uh, uh, Jamie Newman? Uh, like who Davis, is Davis who is, Mills? Stop yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, who's that? Well, next I, guy? I think who's it's Kyle. Six? I think it's Kyle Trask. I've got a mid to late second round value on him. Uh, I think it would be a reach to take him um, in round one, as has been rumored by some. Look, I think that. Um, well, crazier you know, things have happened, Chris. We've seen teams oh, sure, make that sure, reach and take sure, that guy in the sure, first round. Sure, absolutely. Um. I think that he's a better version of, I don't know if folks remember Matt Moore. You remember Matt Moore coming yep. out of Oregon State. Um, Serviceable backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, think it's, I think he's a little bit better than that. I think he's maybe a little bit better than Mason Rudolph. I think he's in that group. I think he's that. He's a pocket guy. I think he's good. I think he's somebody that, that goes quarterback shopping Second round makes sense. Again, you want to get the fifth-year option. I just think you're, you're passing over better players at other positions, uh -huh. but but it makes some sense. That's the next best one, in my opinion. I am not as high on Kellen Mond as others are. Um, You know, some people would take him in the second round. Hey, Godspeed. No, I wouldn't do it. I am intrigued by Jamie Newman. I think Davis Mills is a backup, but I think he's – you know, he's, he's the upside is that he could be a poor man's Matt Ryan. You know, he remember Davis was a, was a five-star guy turning down a lot of the big boys. And I think he has some ability to develop as a pure pocket guy, but I don't see real starters there out of the top group. I think the people that say, well, you can get that guy very rarely, very rarely. So it's Trask. I think Mills, I think Newman, some people's eyes, Mon. Yeah. Um, I, I would take a flyer later on Shane Bouchelle out of SMU, but you know, I'm not, I'm not selling him as a starter. A, I don't, I don't think he's, he's like a, I know he's, he's, he, he's, he's taller than Drew Brees, but he's kind of like that Drew Brees type he, guy, right? You know, he's got incredible arm ability, but he's not, you know, you, some of these teams, you, you look, if you, if you stand Kyle Trask up next to Shane, you know, Shane Bouchelle, you're picking Kyle Trask. He looks more like the quarterback. Oh, sure. Than Shane Bouchelle. Almost 6'6". Six, six. He's 6'5". Six, He's yeah. big. He's a pocket guy. There's no question about it. Yeah. I mean, Kyle is a guy that that I, I think a lot of people feel like can be um, a potential starter. And he did a really good job this year in, um, at Florida. You know, he's a pocket guy. He's not, not a, you know, and, and some mm -hmm. people will think, well, wait a minute. If you, if you like Mac Jones, you, you like Kyle Trask. Well, I think the difference is Mac is a Mac is a little bit more advanced in terms of decision making, processing, but Kyle Trask is very good. I think Kyle has validity 
And I think certainly um, because you get the fifth-year option on the quarterback, on every play in the first round, but with a quarterback yeah, yeah, yeah. that throws it in there, uh, I wouldn't do it in the first. It, it, somebody might. I can see it. Yeah, and I, I, I don't. I wouldn't take that bet that we have a sixth quarterback going the first round. But um, like I said, crazier things uh, have happened. Um, you mentioned Jamar Chase being that first guy off the board. You know. Didn't play last year, but there's enough on film with him. Does the does the does the year off concern you, or does the year off make you feel stronger about him because it's a year less of wear and tear on his body? How do you look at the year off for Jamar Chase? It doesn't affect me either way. Um, certainly, he didn't have an injury. Um, I would have liked to have seen him play. I think uh, in a lot of people's eyes. Um, people will look at it and say, you know, out of sight, out of mind, people kind of forget how great he was. He was yeah. the best receiver on that team in the championship year. And we're talking about, uh, Justin Jefferson being the best receiver. Oh, what an, what an incredible rookie year. Yeah. And you're talking about a guy that's, that's, that's really good. And so I, I think it's a little bit of, you forget the guy and, you know, Pitts is the, the, the apple of everybody's eye and he's the mm -hmm. you know he's a weapon not a tight end and then you got the waddle and smith and some other guys and that you tend to forget a little bit about jamar chase but i think jamar is really really good he's built physically like anguan bolden but he can really run um i think he has special ability i mean he's not a you know, he's not a 6'3", you know, 225-pound guy. He's a you know, little above 6'1". He's 205, and he's strong, strong hands, go up and catch the ball. I think he's a big, big-time playmaker, and I think he um, – I think Cincinnati sees him as a difference maker. I think Miami, you know, would see him as a difference maker, as they would Pitts. <clears throat> so, no, that's kind of how I see it. I, I got, you know, the 6'9 to 6'5 category. I've got – the the three receivers but but jamar is six nine and, and the two alabama guys are six five <clears throat> so in the same grade tier but just because a little bit more size yeah uh, and a little bit more um uh, you know i think i think um most people have him ranked a little bit higher the other you know jalen waddle to me is is a combination of stefan diggs and tyreek hill mm. <laughs> this guy is just you know so fast yeah so explosive and i'm gonna tell you he may be the best returner I've seen in years coming wow. out. So if you throw that in that mix, then Devontae Smith, I mean, he's a, you know, a little, little Marvin Harrison, a little Reggie Wayne, a little Calvin Ridley. I mean, you know, what's amazing. Just phenomenal, phenomenal talent. You're bringing up all these names. You know, what's amazing about them. Okay. Jamar Chase is like six foot Devontae Smith. Same thing. Jalen Waddle right around there as well. Kadarius, Tony, um, Tutu Atwell, Rondell Moore, all these guys are like six feet. They're, the, the top wide receivers in this draft, there's no big guys. There's no tall guys. What does that say about the way that the NFL and just the way of football has kind of changed where maybe you like these guys that can play the slot, that can run these versatile routes as opposed to the big physical throw it up there and catch it type guys? Because you look at all these top wide receivers in the draft, they're all the same mold, Chris. Yeah, there's no question. Well, it's a lot of spread formation with a lot of speed making plays in space. And you just, you know, you don't have in this draft, um, 
you know, particular big guys. I mean, you could take a guy like the other receiver at LSU that I think is going to go in the first round because I think once the top three are off the board, the high second round values are going to go first round. Terrence Marshall is a little bit Michael Thomas-ish. I mean, he's not quite as big, but got the big, strong hands. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it just still happens. I mean, I, I think you look at Rashad Bateman, who's, you know, not, I mean, he's 195. He's, you know, six <laughs> one, <clears throat> but yeah, no, we, we don't, you don't have the, the big, you know, six, four looking guys. Now again, Marshall was six, three. And I think when he fills out, he's going to be two fifteen, And so that's your, the best big guy there. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of those type of guys, Tony, uh, Elijah Moore, mm-hmm. um, who's small, big speed guy, but you know, look, you, you, you that that factors into what are you looking for? Um, what type of receiver? I mean, you know, DJ Metcalf is great. So is Tyreek Hill. Yeah. They're completely different. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. so it's kind of what are you looking for? What's your flavor? And I think there's, you know, in this case, your flavor better be some smaller guys. Now, a guy like Rondell Moore is really small. I mean, he's five, seven issues, a pure slot guy. Return. There's some limitations that even – even a guy, you know, like um, Elijah Moore, who's, you know, almost he's five, nine and a half, a little, little different. That's a, that's a little difference in terms of being able to spot up and being noticed by the receiver, particularly in zone coverage. How many <laughs> wide receivers go in the first round? Uh, I, I think, I think you're going to have um, as many as six. I think, I think the chase and the two Alabama Smith and Waddle, I think you're going to see Kadarius Tony go. Yep. I think you're going to see Terrence Marshall and Elijah Moore. I've got, the the last three would be high second round value for me that will go first round because the top three receivers are going to be off the board. I think by the by pick fifteen ish, so that's going to mean a whole half a round. And I don't think people are. I don't think there's some teams are not going to be able to hold their water long enough. They're going to jump and get one of those. And I think those three are going to be late first round. But I think that's yeah. what they are. I don't look. There's some people that think Bateman is worth considering in the first round. And, you know, maybe he is. I don't see him there. I like him. I like him a lot. When I say, when I give a guy a grade and I say, well, he's late second round value, it's not that I'm not saying he's not good. It can't be as good as somebody. But I'm just saying that you got to factor in other positions and you might love the player, but, you know, you might think there's a better pick because at another position. So uh, that's kind of how I see it. Um, but Tutu Atwell, Bateman, Amari Rogers, Rondell Moore, I think are the mid to late second round values that probably going to start going off top of the second. All right. So we're looking at our uh, draft prop bets here. We say five quarterbacks go in the first round, six wide receivers go in the first round. That would be the over under. How, yeah. how many running backs in the first round? Oh, I think you're only going to have the, the, the most you could have if you reach is three. Um, I think Najee is is a first round talent. I could see Travis Etienne and I think Javante Williams of North Carolina. That could be your three. Um, I think the answer is between one and three. I don't see. I think um, I, I, if I push comes to shove, I'd just say two um, and and say Javante is maybe top of the second round. But I could see once you get again, you go through 18, 20 first round grades. I've got twenty four. You're talking high second, the six fours of which Devontae Williams is one of those. He's in the mix if if you're looking at the running back spot. He's in the mix there. But 
That's kind of how I see. I so see you only have twenty. You only have twenty-four first-round grades. Yes, because I'm doing it for the entire league, and that yeah. is looking at, you know, certain players that would be a fit for some team versus another, and there's a little bit of a fit for one team more than another team. You know, the other thing you look at too is, I would say that there's there's a better chance that no running backs would go in the first round more than than, than say four. Yeah, you know what I mean. So in other words, like. If you start looking at the six four grades, and, and if you do that on my, my horizontal board, you start looking at the top of the six fours. Well, I got ATN very high there, but you're looking at guys like Quiddy Payne and Tevin Jenkins and Christian Bormore and Tyson Campbell and Pete Werner and uh who's you're looking at a defensive tackle. You got maybe the top two defensive tackles are six four grades. Well, if you got a chance between that and the running back, I mean, everybody's going the defensive tackle. So you could see the running backs be, again, devalued relative to their grades because yeah. with equal grades, you're going to go where the position is less plentiful. Whereas if you look at the running backs, you can get a Kenneth Gainwell, a Michael Carter, a Khalil Abert, a Troy Sermon, a Javian Hawkins, even a Jamar Jefferson and a Larry Roundtree and Colin Hill and even into the fourth round guys that I think have a chance to make a team greater depth there, not a whole lot of depth at defensive tackle in this draft. That's just the opposite. All right, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. How many cornerbacks get taken in the first round? I think we'll have Sertan, Farley, uh-huh. because yep. I, I think somebody, not every, some people will be concerned about him medically, but I think, and I think Horn those are your three corners that are definite. I do think um, Calvin Joseph of Kentucky is a possibility. I'm going to say three. I think there could be a fourth. I think when you, st- I think there's a pretty good chance once you see the run at about ten between Sertan, Farley, and Horn. I think they'll go in relative. There, there's going to be a, a little run on those. Uh-huh. That could push Kelvin Joseph up into the second round, maybe even Tyson Campbell. So I'm going to say three corners, and I'm going to say the range is three to five. Okay. Uh, what about Greg Newsom? Now, great call there. I've got a lot of people got him graded a little, a little higher. I've got him as a mid to late second round value. A lot of people have him going in the first round. So that's yeah. just a case of some people see him a little better than I do. Okay. I like him. I don't love him. That would be that that would be the other guy that that would be I, I would say now that I think about it, in terms of projecting, he probably probably goes in this in the in the first. So that's probably four. I wouldn't do it there. I, I've got Colt uh, Joseph and Campbell and Aaron Robinson and Stokes and Molden and Melifano uh all in that area ahead of Greg Newsom. I think there's okay. there's a good um Six or seven corners I like a little bit better. I like Newsom. Don't get me wrong. Some people think he's one of the top four or five. I've got him mm-hmm. more like eight or nine. Okay. We have a question here uh, from LSU Talk. Chris, is there someone out there not being talked about enough? Who's not being talked about enough? Probably not enough people know about or realize how good Elijah Vera Tucker is. He is... I think from USC, I think he's a great guard in the making. I think he can play right tackle. I think he's one of the top one dozen players in this draft Mm. players. I think he's really good, but because he's a guard, he's going to be devalued. Look out for him slipping and getting great value. Um, 
I think most people are, or I think Zayvon Collins of Tulsa, I, I think he's probably talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, Trevin Morig, the safety from TCU is maybe a guy that's not talked about enough. Those are like most of the guys that are being talked about. Uh, they're talked about a lot. I, I do think that, you know, the tackles, I think, um, uh, Anzawuki of Washington and Baltimore are likely going in the first round. Um, because they're the best two. I don't know that they're getting talked a great deal. I think that, I think this, um, we talk about, everyone's talking about Pitts at tight end and, and he's not a tight end. He's, he's more of a flex guy. Yeah. But I think Pat Fryermuth, Trey McKitty, Hunter Long, Tommy Trimble, Hunter Long, Jordan. Hunter Long is the guy that just watching, you know, college football. I, I said, that guy is a first round NFL tight end. Um, and he's kind of been overshadowed here by Kyle Pitts with the tremendous season that Kyle Pitts had. But Hunter Long is like, in my opinion, more of a prototypical tight end than Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is a receiver, in my opinion. Yeah, well, Kyle Pitts is Darren Waller. I mean, yeah. he's he's that's what he is. Um Fryermuth is really good. Um, he's not talked about a lot. I mean, I think he's got good two-way value. I think Trey McKitty is as well. Hunter Long is a really good blocker. Tommy Trimble. Now, Brevin Jordan is kind of that F-back, that that guy that's a move tight end, fullback type. Kenny Yaboto of Ole Miss. No, I, I think there's seven guys that, you know, within third-round value or higher that are really good. Um, I'm trying to think who else is not talked about. Everybody talks the quarterbacks to death. Um, I do think Javante Williams of North Carolina is really good, the running back. Um, <clears throat> I think um, we talked tight ends. I think it's depth at tackle. We've talked about those. I think probably not enough credits given to Creed Humphrey. That's a guy that's not talked about enough. I think he's an outstanding center and will be really good. I think he'll be the first center off the board. Um, you know, I think Trey Smith of Tennessee is very un- – and and uh, Deontay Brown of Alabama. Interior offensive linemen don't get a whole lot of love. Those guys can play, and it'll be really good. Those are those are not talked about. Landon Dickerson of Alabama as well. Um, uh, Davion Dixon. Nixon is, um, is, is, a, is a guy that I think is going to go a little bit higher than people think. He's the defensive tackle. Um, is really good. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. I think the ends, the pass rushers are not given enough credit. I think they're a little bit better than people know or think. Yeah. I think Joe Tryon of Washington is going to surprise some people. Uh, I think there's depth at linebacker. I don't think people know enough about it. Jamin Davis of Kentucky, who's really good, really good linebacker. Nick Bolton of Missouri. Those are two really good guys. I don't know as much as people talk about them. I don't think people realize how good Ojolari is of Georgia. I think mm. he is. I mean, I think he looks like Nindakwe. I mean, he is really good. Um, so those are some guys. Richie Grant, the safety from South uh, Central Florida. So those are some candidates, uh, Kev, over at LSU Talk that I think are, are maybe maybe they're under talked about. I, I don't I don't know, but uh, I I think they're really good, whether they're talked about or not. Why don't you tell the audience what you're going to be doing next week? Because I know you're going to be super busy going through everything up on LandryFootball.com. But on Twitch, on Twitch, 
twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. You will be a busy man next week. Yeah. You know, we started a draft preview show um, Monday, yesterday. And so as you're listening to this on Tuesday, we've got two of those shows in and we're going to do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we're going to do at 4 p.m. Central time. Uh, and then we're going to do uh, all next week, um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're, we're going to do draft preview shows. So the first day we we took uh, the AFC East and the uh, AFC North. And then tomorrow we're actually going to do our morning version of Scout's Eye on football. And we're going to do um, we're going to do a double dip tomorrow. So we're going to get through every division and we'll go in depth. Um Look at their rosters. Look at free agency. Look at what they did. Look at what they didn't do. Look at what their needs are. Look at what the targets are in each position. Meaning, okay, you got need at edge rusher, at guard, at corner, and we'll go through the line. Linebacker, here are potential candidates when that team picks in the first round, in the second round, in the third round. So you get a feel for, okay, I'd rather have this and that. I'd rather have that and that. It's a little bit of draft buffet, as we call it. So we 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 do that, um, and so we we have got that uh, that we are have been working on. Uh, starting next week, NFL Draft Day, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday Draft Weekend. A half an hour before the pick starts, I will come on and we'll be doing a show. Uh, Scott may be joining us, folks, as as his schedule permits. I'll be doing the show, obviously, mostly solo. We've kind of warned people and told people that it's going to be an unvarnished view. Um, we had um, a good friend, uh, Fantasy Football 101, suggested it. And the first thing I thought of was, I can't do that. I'm, all these texts, I'm dealing with teams. And then I went to bed that night, Scott. It was last week at this time. I said, you know what? Why can't I do it? Um, so I went ahead and. Said, you know what? Okay, folks, look, this is not going to be the polished broadcast. This is yeah. behind the scenes. You know, uh, I will have to step away. I'm, you know, listen, I'm going to, listen, Chris, I'm going to put the, I'm going to set up the camera and I'm just going to sit on the couch. I'm not going to be behind the, the backdrop with the microphone. I'm just going to be, on, I'm going to be watching the draft with you. And I'm yeah. going to be hanging out, watching the draft. We're going to talk about it. You're going to get an inside look as to what you do during the draft, all the communication that you are involved in. And it's just like, it's not going to be formal. Yeah, it's going to be, be very unvarnished. So it'll be different. It'll, it'll take you virtually into draft rooms and kind of how you're dealing with it. And modern technology will allow for this. Cause so, yeah. So I may have to say, hold on, got to send this text back. Yeah. I'll have the, I'll have the phone. I have the iPad. I have the DMS and I'll have all of that. And, and I'll have to deal with that. Um, some of which maybe I can share or at least kind of I think I'm skilled enough to be able to communicate things uh-huh. <laughs> that, that are in a way that that wouldn't get me in trouble. And and we kind of go from there. Um, what's trying to ha- see, I think a lot of the fun that people may know is kind of what's going on behind the scenes that doesn't get done for every trade that's made. There's at least a dozen that you try to get made and it just doesn't happen. Somebody's trying to move up. OK, well, let's speculate who they're moving up for. Yada, yada, yada. They made this move. You know, people react, Scott, you know, I can't believe they did this because they're looking at, okay, uh, the next guy, that position should have been this. Remember, people are gathering information 
and are looking at it a certain way. These teams have it differently, and they're not being frank with what they're doing. So we're going to give you all of that. We're going to take you through all of that, and there are going to be times where I have to run to the little boy's room and step away or what have you, and and we're going to be there for you, and we're going to analyze the picks. We're going to be there. We'll do it Thursday. We'll do it Friday, and we'll do it Saturday, take you through the draft and kind of give you a feel for it. And it'll move fast. At times, it'll be slow. So there'll be time for more analysis. There'll be other times where there won't be time, and and, and we're going to invite you in the chat room. But I may not be able to answer it. I may not even be able to see it because it'll be like <laughs> the next thing's coming, the next thing's coming, and all of a sudden you asked something two hours ago, and I, you know, you're going to – we'll have time to answer your questions, you know, later on. Uh, this this will be – look, it's a, it's a project. I thought, why not? Let's try it. Let's give fans what they want. So it's your job out there if you're listening to this and this podcast. Spread the word. You can listen. You can go to LandryFootball.com, hit follow Chris on Twitch. It's the best way to do it. If you're a Facebook person, if you're a YouTube person, it's going to be on those streams as well. But uh, it's it's a great way. You can chat with us through any of the platforms. So, hey, have at it, and it'll be a lot of fun. You can interact with one another. A lot of you folks have made friends with one another. Give yourself, you know, the business, whatever you – but, yeah, no, there'll be a lot of that, and it'll be a lot of fast-moving and a lot of keeping track. And then uh, there'll be some nuggets that I'll be able to share once things are done, and I'll be able to say things like, oh, okay, I remember. <laughs> that starts to make sense. You ever kind of know, ah, oh, you little slight little son okay. of a okay. okay, I know what they were thinking there now, but before they were blowing smoke. Uh, so, so a lot of that's a lot of fun, and we'll be able to do that live interaction. So, yeah, that's, that's what we're going to be doing, and uh, – like I said, Scott's got a bunch of stuff going on, but he'll he'll join us when he can, and and uh, yeah, we'll have a lot of fun with it. It's as simple as that. I can't wait. Uh, be sure to follow Chris on Twitter at Landry Football. You can follow me at Scott's on air. Head to LandryFootball.com. All the links are right there for you. You click the follow Chris on Twitch button, like he said. You go to twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football, and you're going to just love not just this show, but all the shows that are available on the Twitch channel, and especially next week leading up to and during the NFL draft. Uh, you're not going to want to miss it. Please uh, you know, join Chris. Be a part of it. It's going to be great. And if you want to listen to any of the shows in podcast form, you can just download and subscribe to Landry Football's conference call wherever you get your podcasts from so you can listen to the shows uh, on your mobile devices and take them wherever you want to go. Uh, next week's going to be fun, Chris. I know you're going to be busy. Try and get some sleep. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I certainly can't wait for Thursday uh, to get underway. My Jets have two picks in the first round. I'm very yes. excited. We got two and twenty-three. Uh, we'll see what they we'll see what they come up with. Uh, but I know a lot of teams and a lot of fans are, are looking forward to it, and I, I can't wait for it. So it'll be fun, and we'll do that next Thursday and uh, all week right here on Twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. We'll talk to you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.